We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Boomer! <laughs> I'm waiting for someone to say sooner. sooner? Come on, boys. Come on. I'm here. It's sooner. Was that too soon? Um, yeah, <laughs> welcome to the Road, the, the Road of His College Football Podcast, where we had another big upset. Boys, OU lost to Kansas State, and they got they just got beat up. I was shocked. I mean, I still think they outgained them. I think there was at least some area where, like, I, I bet if I had their win expectancy number, I bet you they still came out slightly ahead. But, yeah, that the whole thought that their defense had kind of figured stuff out, I'm much less convinced their defense is good. First of all, tremendous opening to the show. I mean, credit <laughs> right, yeah. I, almost, I almost spit liquid all over my laptop. So that was that was tremendous. Um. Yeah, I mean, uh, tell you the truth, I had this game on sort of um, in the background, like when I was doing some other stuff on on Saturday. I did, um, but it's it's one of those weird games. Like sometimes, sometimes it just happens where a clearly superior team just gets bullied and beat around. And I mean, they were they were down, I think, twenty five points to start the fourth quarter. And the, the score, the final score, looked a lot closer than right. the game actually was. But I don't know. It's just one of those things that's really hard to explain. And if Someone said they saw this completely coming. Um, I don't know. I'd be wary. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I I was watching Ohio State-Wisconsin because clearly that was going to be the best uh, game on the early Sweet. schedule. But but uh, no, <laughs> I, I texted Matt like midway through the second quarter, I think. I'm switching over because this this Oklahoma situation is, is getting out of hand. And then right when I switched over, I think it was it was probably actually after the after halftime, uh, I was like, man, Oklahoma's in trouble. They couldn't stop Kansas State from running the football at all. It was just insane. Uh, then right when I was like, okay, everything's over, uh, Kansas State just scored another touchdown. They were up huge. And then CeeDee Lamb had like a 77-yard touchdown in like the first play of that drive. And I was like, wait a second here. If anyone can do this, it's OU. But they just didn't have enough time left in that game to get back in it. And uh, man, who knows? I don't. I don't know if their defense was going to stop anything. But it looks like there certainly is uh, a blueprint out there on, on how to beat this this Oklahoma defense. And it's it's on the running game, and it's just powering it right down their throat. It was. Oh, it was. If I was an OU fan, that would have been a really difficult game to watch. That's all I know. It, yeah, they kept showing some Oklahoma fans in the stands that were just, you know, the 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 prototypical shocked face, just staring off into oblivion, yelling into the void, hearing nothing <laughs> yeah. back. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I can. I think that pretty much summed it up right there. I think that's how I fall asleep every night, <laughs> <laughs> yelling into the void, hoping someone hears my cries for help. Oh man, uh, that's just because I went one and three last week. But uh, 
yeah, my my nice record, not nearly as uh, as as good as yours, Matt, but it is it is in the in the tank right now. I'm really really struggling. Jordan, you're up over 500. You've got things going in the right direction. Uh, but Matt, you made a great point uh, earlier on in our in our little text exchange. At least I think it was you, it was Jordan. Uh, Jordan. Jordan. It was, was you, Jordan. I, yeah. I apologize, Jordan. Why don't you lead the way here? Because this is going to put a little bit of uh, a little bit of joy into my otherwise bleak and dark life i'm just saying that because it was like five degrees this morning when i had to drive the kids to school through the snow it's uh it's not been a great october so so take it away please jordan cheer me up yeah sure um so i was like doing a little bit of prep for the show this morning and it kind of dawned on me that we we keep uh we keep a record of our locks which is you know that's perfectly fine and should be done um but you know we we so pick generally five games um that i think that we like to kind of term like the marquee games, the, the ones that, that most people are going to watch, but aren't necessarily always the best for uh, betting in our minds. But I wanted to go back over the uh, first half of the season during the show and kind of tally up our marks for um, the games, the sides that we went on those marquee matchups. And, um, it, you know, it's it was actually pretty surprising, not surprising necessarily, but I was pleasantly surprised because I pulled um, – it, around 39 games that we picked up to this point um, in that category. Matt, no surprise, as he's on a roll just in general this year, he's hit 64% of those games. Uh, Stefan, you've hit 61%, and I hit 59%. So, I mean, all three of us being at 59 per- 59% or better on those marquee games, I think is a pretty solid accomplishment. Um, typically, those are the games that are, you know, when, when they're high profile matchups, we, we assume that the lines are sharper um, because there's so much action on those games from the public betters. Um, but, you know, Matt also made a good point that we don't always have the strongest opinions on those games. A lot of times they're sort of leans or, you know, gun to my head. This is who I'd go with. But I just wanted to be able to, like, put that out there to kind of show that, um, you know, I personally haven't done as well as I would like in the locks. Um, and this kind of just, yeah, this, I just wanted to kind of put that out there to, to a little more, um, a little bit more accountability and just kind of show that, you know, I don't want to pat us on the back too hard because we all have our faults, but we've been pretty sharp on these marquee matchups so far. And I'm hoping we can keep that going. Oh yeah, for sure. And we will of course get into those again today. We've got uh, four games that we're looking at. We're looking at the Georgia, Florida game, Utah, Washington, SMU at Memphis. And of course, uh, the Ducks at the Trojans. Uh, before we do that, we will recap last week's game. We are not going to have a Debbie section uh, this week. Uh, we have to keep the show a little bit shorter because of scheduling, mainly mine. We're also recording this a day early because tomorrow is Halloween. Uh, you're probably listening to this on Halloween. So Boo. Uh, yeah, with, with that in mind, a quick random question for you fellas. Favorite Halloween costume? I was going to say as a kid, but... It could have been, you know, last year for all I know. Matt, what was your favorite Halloween costume? Um, so this was in college, and uh, I dressed up as a contestant on Legends of the Hidden Temple. I don't oh, know yeah. if you guys remember that show. Yeah, it was yeah. a Nickelodeon show. Um, basically, the whole costume was they had these, like, bright yellow, uh, like, bike helmets. They had elbow pads and knee pads. They were, like, khaki shorts and... Um, like they had these just brightly colored ones. My shirt was the uh, purple parrots. Um, so we all like, I, it was like a group of us. We had like five of us. We each were a team. It was awesome. Nice. Jordan. I'm going to be super lame. Cause I don't really know if I have one. I'm not a huge Halloween guy. And I know that's probably like a massive, massive, totally like normal. bad take alert, bad take alert. But, um, I, I don't know. And I was also a kid who, uh, I sort of grew up in a kind of religious household where Halloween was sort of frowned upon. I know it sounds so silly now, like it sounds silly to me too completely, but I was at a bit of a disadvantage, I think, growing up and it might have put me down a, 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 another path. What about you? Well, that's it's interesting that you bring that up. So so straight up, my, my folks were missionaries and I grew up in West Africa. So <laughs> Halloween yeah. was not something that we celebrated uh, at all. I actually remember I was like, 10 years old and I was in the States during like, I don't know why, but it was right around Halloween. And 
I was looking outside and saw these people in crazy costumes and I had no frame of reference <laughs> for it being like a real thing. I was like, what the hell is going on here? Uh, needless to say, my kids dress up for Halloween because it's totally normal yeah, and fun. fun and I get to eat a lot of candy because of it. Um, but but my favorite, did you guys ever see uh, the Ben Stiller movie, Mystery Men? Yeah. Yeah, so it's a terribly wonderful movie. One of the worst good movies or one of the best it's one of the movies. worst bad it's, it's the, a bad movie it's a, but it's, it's a great it's bad movie yeah anyway so like there's all these random superheroes in it so um so i kind of created my own and i went as the rakist uh which is not pc at all anymore uh so you know it was kind of a play on words and it was terrible and i had an awesome mustache and i walked around with a rake and a bag of leaves and it was it was fun explaining to people what i was trying <laughs> to do but uh <laughs> anyway um Good stuff here, guys. Good stuff. Let's 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 quickly move on, shall we? Um, no, I I'm I'm excited for uh, Halloween tomorrow night because we just moved to this new neighborhood, and I can already tell that it's going to be a pretty good pretty good haul for my kids, which means that I will have to open fewer wrappers and get the same amount mm-hmm. of chocolate. If you know what I mean, it'll be the the fun. Oh, it's a no, full no, size no. candy bar neighborhood. Well, yes. right across the street is so that's yeah, that's absolutely. where we'll be that's where we'll be trekking for sure. So that's always good stuff. Yeah. But um, Halloween's right here. We've got Thanksgiving. We've got Christmas. Everything's right around the corner. The holiday rush is coming. So if you still, if you sell stuff online, you need to get ready. And there's no better way to do it than with ShipStation. With more people buying stuff online than ever before, you have to be able to get those orders out quickly, efficiently, and affordably. But how do you keep track of all of those orders? Or decide which shipping carrier to use? or if you're getting the best rates. Well, luckily, ShipStation can help. With just a few clicks, you'll be managing orders, printing labels, and getting those products out the door and delivered in time for the holidays. No matter what you're selling, whether it's Amazon, Etsy, or stuff from your own website, ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface, making it really easy to manage from any device, even your cell phone. ShipStation works with all the major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, and UPS, so you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customers. They even offer big discounts on shipping costs. Now, any business can access the same postage discounts that are usually reserved for large Fortune 500 companies. You'll always know that you're getting the best deal. It's no wonder that ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. So take the hassle out of the holiday shipping this season. Let ShipStation help you handle it with ease. Just use our offer code BLUE, that's B-L-U-E, as in the color blue, to get a 60-day free trial. That's two months for free, no hassle, stress-free holiday shipping. Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and type in BLUE. That's ShipStation.com, offer code BLUE. Let's make ship happen. So yeah, two months free, that puts you right you know, end of October. That puts you to the end of the year, gets you through all the holiday seasons. Definitely... Uh, definitely an awesome opportunity here to, uh, to help you get through the holiday rush. So do check out ShipStation. Use the offer code BLUE, and we definitely appreciate that. Gentlemen, let's jump right into our – well, what do you guys want to do first? you want to go over last week's games, or do you guys want to go over our, uh, our, our, our locks from last week? I kind of want to avoid the locks altogether because I had such a shitty week. But if uh, – you know what, Jordan? Why don't you tell, tell us how it feels to be, th- to be 3-0 on the week? It feels good, man. Let me tell you. <laughs> no, I mean it, it was it it does feel good, but I know that, you know, those the 3 and 0 weeks are few and far between. You're really trying or at least I'm really just trying to stay like 2 and 1, you know, keep tacking on those ones cuz this is a this is a tough game that we play here. Um, but you know, I I felt good. I felt really good about the Washington State plus fourteen um, against Oregon last week. They almost won that game outright. I didn't actually get to see it because it kicked at like ten thirty Eastern, which means I was probably it's already in bed. Ridiculous. Yeah. So I mean, you know, whatever. But I, you know, uh, they did almost win that game outright. So I felt good about that one. Bama minus thirty one against Arkansas I was a little bit shaky going in because two obviously wasn't playing. But they just absolutely steamrolled Arkansas. The the talent the talent gap was just so evident. Um, and Indiana, man, Indiana's good. How yeah. about that? Like <laughs> they, I mean, I mean, it's been like a slow burn. And you know, I'll be the first to admit that I've been slow to buy in um, because typically Indiana just isn't that kind of team. But you know, going on the road, 
against Nebraska, you know, it might be time that we start reevaluating what Indiana can do. Oh, I was actually going to ask if uh, if Frost is on the hot seat. No. Is is there's no. got to be there's got to be a joke there though, right? Frost hot seat. <laughs> well, I'm not going to go searching for it. It didn't come naturally, so we'll just move on. <laughs> but but if I'm a Nebraska fan, and I'll be happy to say I see a lot of Nebraska fans all over the place living in Colorado, and it's really fun to ask them how their football season's going. <laughs> but if yeah. I was a Nebraska fan, I would be really frustrated because they had really high expectations and hopes going in. Uh, of course, I don't think that any of us really bought into Nebraska. Uh, but man, uh, they've they've really disappointed this year. I mean, one of the more disappointing teams. I thought their offense would be better. Agreed. Yeah, they, and they've had a lot of injuries too. To be fair, like especially over the last couple games, the quarterback. I don't think they have a healthy, a hundred percent healthy quarterback on the roster right now. Um, now, and that's not you know you can't pin it all on that. But if if you don't have a quarterback in the P five, uh, you're going to be scratching and clawing just to be able to compete. So, I mean, put Wandale at Wildcat. Right. Hey, I mean, it's working for Kentucky. Yeah. Well, there's only there's only one Lynn Bowden, though. You know, I know you his know. name's Wandale Robinson. <laughs> Take that back. <laughs> well, Matt, I, I owe you a huge thank you because uh, the only money that I, I made last week was on your North Texas Charlotte over. I told everyone after your you you put out the case for them and it was so convincing. I put some money on them and. I lost money on all of my picks. So I went with yours and and won some. So thank you for that. You want to walk us through your other ones too? That's what I do. Uh, So yeah, I get, like he said, I uh, North Texas and Charlotte was the first of my three terrible game uh, picks. And I say that in not that they are bad picks, but that they were uh, really just not good football games. They're between bad teams that you shouldn't be watching. Uh, So North Texas, Charlotte over 63. It got there. Uh, Louisiana Tech UTEP over 50 and a half got there pretty comfortably uh Southern Miss and Rice over 50 I'm sorry they uh were I noticed very early on in the game they're not scoring and I think it got to 26 so yeah that was uh the one real disappointment and then my effort game of the week uh uh Wisconsin team total under 17 and a half I you're gonna notice a trend on my effort game of the week it's just opposing Ohio State defenses uh, or opposing Ohio State is uh, not a great shred, or is not going to work out well for team the opposing team scoring points. Right, right, or, and I think we need to uh, to find a sponsor for the uh, the effort pick of the week. Uh, so if anyone's interested, reach out to us because uh, it's just too good. It's just all right there, and and you've been hitting on those. So so it, it's good times. Uh, my my picks were terrible. Uh, my parlay. <laughs> the nice thing about my parlay not hitting is that it didn't hit in the first game, so I didn't even have to worry about the fact they didn't hit in the second because TCU just beat Texas and then Michigan stomped Notre Dame, and I was on the wrong side of both of those. And then I had taken the under in Oregon Washington State, and now uh, that's two weeks in a row that that Oregon has gone over, and I am forced to. Re relook at all things I thought I knew about Oregon uh, because I'm just not sure. My one win was the the game I the game I felt least comfortable with, and that was Oklahoma State uh, plus ten and a half against Iowa State, and that was my 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 sole victory. So uh, not not ideal uh, on my end. Uh, hopefully this week is a little bit better. It can't get much much worse. So so yeah. Um, real quick, speaking of Oregon, uh, the Oklahoma loss. Uh, we we mentioned it at the top of the show, of course. But what what is the biggest takeaway? Which team do you think benefits the most from from that Oklahoma loss? And the reason I bring that up is because um, outside of the of Florida, I think Oregon is the highest ranked one loss team for now. Uh, so Oklahoma is currently behind Oregon, which is great. Uh, for me as an Oregon Ducks fan, and my you know unrealistic hopes and dreams of them maybe eventually getting into that playoff, but I don't think it's going to happen, but someone is, and it's probably not going to be Oklahoma. So, so who do you think Matt uh, is the biggest beneficiary from, from OU's loss? Alabama. Um, And I say that it it sounds like I'm saying in a jest. I I think there actually is a good chance that uh, second uh, team from one of the conferences gets in, whether that's Penn state, whether that's, loser of LSU Alabama and yes I did just assume Penn State's going to lose to Ohio State sorry Jordan um but my my statement on that basically goes to I 
as good as Oregon is, uh, I, I think they're going to trip up uh, at some point. Um, I, I kind of think it's going to be this week. Um, but at the same time, I think that if Alabama loses without a 100% Tua, then their argument to get into the playoff is going to be almost too good to deny, um, assuming that they then go on and beat Auburn. So, I, I, yeah, I, I wish I had a real fun answer, but I think the answer is just Alabama. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. How about you? How about you, Jordan? Ah, that's a tough question. I mean, I too like sort of want to believe in Oregon, just because I want to see like everyone has basically written off, you know, the Pac-12 for the last (laughs) how many years if we're being honest um and i think that they have a path um like a one loss i don't know it's tough but i mean i i do sort of see matt's point too with alabama assuming assuming they lose to lsu um which i i don't you know i think yeah it's not a lock. I'm just, I say it pretty, I, I say if two is not healthy, that game's very difficult for them to win. I agree. I agree. Um, but, but yeah, I, I do think that that dynamic is kind of interesting because that's really getting into the narrative, the nitty gritty. Um, but that's the kind of thing that now that we've taken this completely out of, you know, the computer sands when we had something like the BCS, now that now those narrative street type things, I think do play a bigger role now that it's however many, uh, you know, men and women in a room making that call. So I do think that it, you know, if Oklahoma would have won out, hadn't tripped up here, um, I think that they would have had a pretty solid case to get in. But now, you know, with the loss, it's going to be really tough. And I think it does open up the possibility of a scenario like Matt laid out with Alabama, if they do trip up to LSU, kind of wiggling their way back in, regardless of that loss. So, I mean, it's, I just think it, it makes the race a little bit more interesting because I think that if Oklahoma would have won out in a sort of down Big 12, um, they would have been really hard to, to deny them entrance. And I liked Oklahoma. I, I, you know, I had them in my top four, I think, when we started. So a bit of a blow there. But I think it just kind of widens the race and makes it a little bit more interesting. Right. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. I think, yeah, whatever the, the – whichever SEC team is – not the uh, conference champion, it, it helps them for sure. <laughs> and uh, yeah, even if like Clemson would mess up in one game, maybe you know that would become an interesting conversation too. But of course, we have tons of time. Uh, usually these things sort themselves out. I usually, I'm sitting here rooting for upsets, hoping Oregon will get a chance. And then inevitably they finally look like they might have a chance and they end up losing to Utah or Washington state uh, in the past. So uh, I, I'm not, I'm not actually hopeful at all for Oregon, but uh, let's talk about the other games from last week. We mentioned already a little bit about Ohio state, Wisconsin. That game was a, that game was not close and it was, it was pretty rough for Wisconsin. I mean, it was close for, for half a second there, but Ohio state, uh, was able to just pretty much do what they wanted to do, especially as the game rolled along. And and I had the realization that I I wouldn't wish watching a Wisconsin game on my worst enemy. It is a terrible thing to do. If if they're going to steamroll a lot of teams the rest of the year, oh maybe, but it's not fun football. My goodness, it's just horrible to watch. I I will say, so I, I have to give Wisconsin a little bit of credit. Um, their defense is very, very good. Uh, the final score makes it seem like Ohio State was running up the score on them. Thirty-eight to they seven. They did a really nice job. I, I mean, thirty-eight to seven. It, it's a, it's a blowout. There's no denying that. Um, but when you w- watch the first half, when Ohio State was struggling, they really did a nice job of changing up their uh, defensive scheme to confuse Justin Fields, and it showed because some of the play calling that they had was pretty much playing right into Wisconsin's hands. The, the obvious downside to this game, if you're a Wisconsin fan, is the only points you scored all game was on a shanked uh, punt that basically put you in plus field, or plus field position, and you ended up converting, I think it was like a third and nine or something like that, on kind of a broken coverage play. Now, it was a dime of a pass by Cone, but still, if your only points in the game are really off kind of a perfect set of uh, events happening... You can't be super excited, but Wisconsin's a good team. They're going to steamroll a lot of teams the rest of the year. Yeah. 
Jordan, you want to talk to us a little bit about Penn State, Michigan State? That was another one that uh, definitely wasn't very close. Yeah, I mean, it was, um, I think heading into the game, a lot of people that analyze college football were sort of leaning on the trend of the games pretty much always being close, Michigan State being a really tough matchup for Penn State, almost regardless of who was on the team, because typically Penn State is the more talented team, but, you know, the game in East Lansing, Typically, it's a tough spot for Penn State. Uh, the weather was bad, which is also seems to be a theme in those games. Um, but I was I was pretty happy with what I saw, at least on offense in the first half. Um, Sean Clifford uh, with an absolute dime to uh, Pat Fryermuth on that first touchdown, um, and he he was he looked really good in the first half. He was efficient. Um, the run game wasn't quite as good as I hoped, although Michigan State is still pretty tough up front. Um, And then it kind of just like, it was one of those games where the second half kind of just bleed it, like bled into obscurity, like into a gray nothingness. Like Michigan State was rotating all three of their quarterbacks in the fourth quarter for no apparent reason. They had their third string quarterback in taking snaps and then for whatever reason they brought Lurkey back in. Um just kind of like we're kind of close yeah just kind of strange like like punting in in situations where if you were trying to win the game you would go for it um I mean I think Penn State did what they had to do they got a relatively convincing win on the road in a place that it's been tough for them but coming away from the game I'm really just kind of sort of trying to figure out where exactly Michigan State is where they're going what the future holds because it's it's dark right now like for for a team that has what four wins i believe um it's it's one of the darker situations for a four win team that's all i can say yeah no and there's there's talk about d'antoni d'antonio leaving and yeah it could be it could be an interesting situation moving forward I, i i wonder if uh if michigan state is you know they were always kind of a a second tier big 10 team and on a, on a good year they might actually uh you know you know they've they've won a a few big 10 championships in in my lifetime but uh but they were always kind of you know little brother syndrome and now i wonder if it's just like for a while they're just going to be irrelevant in the big 10 because things are taking a pretty a pretty pretty downward turn uh a game that was a lot closer than uh maybe uh some of us thought was lsu auburn 23 20 uh i actually don't remember what i said going into this game about this game but i i kind of think you guys bullied me into switching my pick i was on auburn and you <laughs> bullied me yeah i thought lsu would win comfortably and it ended up being pretty close i mean just a three-point difference uh i was surprised i think only 23 points for lsu i think that's the big surprise for me so is auburn's defense just really really good uh is there you know is there enough tape out on on this new lsu offense that people can start slowing them down or was this just uh, an off day? What do you guys think? I, I mean, I, I think it was a statement of how good the defensive front is for Auburn. Um, and they were able to run the ball enough to kind of keep the game going. I mean, keep the game going in their favor. Um, but if you also, if you looked at kind of how they were doing it, they it was pretty lucky that the game wasn't a blowout. If you look at like yardage totals and all that, um, LSU probably should have won this game by somewhere between 10 to 14 points. But I mean, Auburn's defense is legit. And I mean, I don't think Bo Nix sucks, but I think he's just not great. So um, nothing to see here. It's tough to blow out every single team on your schedule. LSU is really, really good. Do you have anything to add, Jordan? Or do you want to talk to us a little bit about uh, what happened with the Notre Dame, Michigan uh throttling <laughs> well i was just gonna add sort of tacking on to what matt said um lsu outgained auburn by 221 yards i think um they had 30 first downs to 16 for auburn so it was kind of a sort of a misleading final i think in a lot of ways um but you know you got to give credit for auburn you know t- for hanging in there against what we all pretty much said was a, a freight train runaway freight train lsu offense but as far as that Michigan Notre Dame game, ugh, ugh. I like. I I'll tell you the truth. I did not watch very much of this game um, because it 
typically doesn't this matchup doesn't really do much for me just in general um but as like as were many games uh on last last weekend's slate uh weather played a big role um michigan you know i tell you the truth like i i still don't fully understand how michigan uh scored 45 points Right. Like uh, Notre Dame for God had a tackle. <laughs> okay. Well that, I mean, that's fair because like, like I said, I didn't watch a ton of this game, but, but like I looked through the box score and the stats and I was like, how did this happen? Like, it, was it just uh, like an avalanche late? Like, did you guys have an eye on this? Cause I, I don't, it fully... was a Charbonnet murder. Um, well, that makes me feel, I, that I, makes um, me feel better. Cause he's my boy. So, I mean, I, I honestly, it was, a, it was pretty much a, Notre Dame was stopping the run for most of this year, and they were actually a reasonably good uh, run defense. Um, and Michigan just ran it down. The- At one point, I think they said they ran 18 consecutive running plays. Um, it was not confusion. It was not um, Michigan having an, a really good offense. They ran it down their throat, and Notre Dame could not tackle in the elements. And... Um, they could not get the running game going whatsoever. So it was just 18. They were, I mean, they couldn't get the passing game going either. It was basically just Michigan played good enough defense and ran the ball down. Well, my question is if Michigan ran the ball 18 times in a row, did Jim Harbaugh take his pants off? That's all I really need. (laughs) I mean, I think think you could, he was like, it was like sitting there. He was like unbuttoning the khakis. He was like, is it time? Yes. Uh, That, that (laughs) stupid, Keep your the wrinkle free khaki commercial. <laughs> Have you seen this with yeah. Harbaugh in some yeah. way? It is the worst, the worst commercial I've seen. I get so angry when I. Anyway, we don't have to go that. We don't have to go there. <laughs> uh, why don't we go instead to uh, to looking ahead at Georgia minus six at Florida? Well, I guess it's not technically at Florida. It's in Jacksonville. Uh, we've got the the cocktail party boys. What side are you on? You can't call it that. Why not? <laughs> Because it's that is a, a non PC name. They don't allow it to be called that. It, Everyone is so party. upset about this. It's the funniest thing to me. Why have I not heard this so much? Well, that's because you're a normal human being. Functions <laughs> functions in life, and you know well, that's not that's not true at all. But <laughs> people get salty. <laughs> Georgia at Florida. Georgia favored by six. Matt, what side of this one are you on? Uh, the right side. Uh, <laughs> um, I got Georgia minus six. Uh, the the line actually, I liked it a lot better when it was four and a half, but I just kind of think this is one where talent's going to come into, or where talent's going to show up in this one. Um, I, I'm starting to think Georgia's going to go on kind of a buzzsaw tear similar to what Clemson's doing now because they've been hearing how bad they are. At, like They can't blow anyone out. Why are they playing so many close games? Why can't um, they beat South Carolina? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that too. Hey, maybe Clemson will drop one to South Carolina too. You don't know. Um, but so pretty much the way I just, when I quickly just pulled these stats up um, on offense, um, uh, Georgia's averaging 6.8 yards per play compared to Florida's 5.8. And on defense, they're only allowing 4.2 yards per play to compared to Florida's 5.3. If nothing else, that just is an easy way for me to say, I think Georgia's better on both sides of the ball. I think this game will be um, close for most of it, but I think it's going to be decided by a touchdown, and I think that touchdown is going to be in Georgia's favor. Now, Jordan, when I saw your pick on this one, I was a little bit surprised because you are on the Florida side of things, but you last year, uh, in fairness, uh, were were really excited about Fromm and and what he was doing at the quarterback position for Georgia. Uh, Are you off of him, or do you just think for, for other reasons you're picking Florida? Um, part of the reason why I'm on Florida is because I don't trust the Georgia coaching staff to optimize play calling and score as many points as they can, because I don't think that that's, I genuinely don't know if that's what they, if that's their ultimate goal. I think Fromm is kind of showing maybe that he's not going to be like a top tier NFL quarterback. And, and maybe that was never going to be the case all along. But I do kind of think that he's not in an optimal situation with the current coaching staff that he's under. Uh, But in this game in particular, um, it's interesting because I think Georgia is obviously going to try to run the ball with a really good offensive line, DeAndre Swift, a bunch of other backs who can play. Um, 
Florida, I think, will be healthier along their defensive front. I think they're going to get their two best pass rushers back, hopefully close to 100%, to put pressure on from. Um, But I think that kind of what this comes down to is I trust Dan Mullen more than Kirby Smart in a vacuum. And I think that this game is going to be close. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if this is a three- or a four-point game. But it also wouldn't surprise me, honestly, if Florida won outright. But I just think that six points is is a little bit too much. I agree with Matt that Georgia is the more talented team, basically across the board. But when you're when you're coaching staff, maybe not trying to score as many points as possible and just rather like salt a win, I I have a hard time backing that type of situation. So uh, I'll take points here in this situation with Florida. Yeah, and and I'm with you on that. I think Florida's defense is is able to keep this really close. Uh, so, so I'm in Florida. Still think Georgia wins, but I think it's going to be fun fact. close. Yes, Matt. Fun fact: I uh, I definitely like two weeks ago said Florida was going to win this game, <laughs> and now I'm just going against it. That's okay. Lots has happened since then. A lot has happened Chaos. since then. I'm going to sit out on this next one because uh, my lock, one of my locks this week, is involving Utah minus three in Seattle against the University of Washington. Uh, both of you guys are. Uh, are for the Huskies. So I would like to hear uh, either one of you or both of you quickly tell me why you think uh, Washington covers at three points. Do you think, and I'd also be curious if either of you would uh, would uh, do money line on Washington here, if you think they can just uh, outright win. So Jordan, why don't you start? Uh, yeah, I would be willing to go money line, but I think that the the getting the three, and I know there, I think there are still some three and a halfs out there probably too. Um I think that that could be key because this is another situation where I anticipate a close game. I These are two really good coaches. I know I'm, I'm sounding like a broken record leaning on the coaches, but Kyle Whittingham, uh, Chris Peterson, two of the best really in the game. Um, I really – I'm interested to see this game because I think it's going to be an interesting watch. Um, Tyler Huntley, I don't know exactly how healthy he is. Um Jacob Eason has been kind of uneven, but we've seen flashes of what he can do. I think that they can do some damage on Utah through the air. Running the ball may be tough, but Washington does have a really good offensive line. They've done a good job protecting Eason. I think that could be the difference. Utah is really good, but I think Washington at home getting over a field goal in what I anticipate to be a close game. Um, That's kind of my reasoning. Yeah, Matt, anything to add? Uh, Better team home dog. There you go. There you go. Sounds good. I'll give my thoughts in, in just a few minutes. Uh, this next one is one that I think is extremely interesting. We've got the undefeated Mustangs, SMU at Memphis. Memphis favored by five and a half. Uh, I'm going SMU on this one. Uh, I, I bet against them a couple weeks ago, and they made me look foolish, and I decided, you know what? I'm sticking with SMU no matter what, and they're getting five and a half points here. So I, I feel pretty good about that. But you, you boys disagree with me. So, Matt, why don't you tell me why? Um, so part of my reasoning on this one was the fact that uh, it'll go along with one of my locks later. Um, but I think that uh, this is going to be a slightly low, lower scoring game than anticipated because I think these are two pretty solid defenses. Um, and I am kind of concerned about SMU because their best receiver on the team, Reggie Roberson, uh was carted off last week. I think he's questionable for this week, but at, at best, he's probably coming in slightly hindered. With that being said, uh, SMU's passing game has basically been the thing that makes their offense go, even though they're a capable running team. And But I don't think running is going to be super effective against a Memphis defense that's done well this season against the run. And I just think that in this spot, in a low-scoring spot, I'm going to take the home team, and I'm going to take a team I think is probably similar talent-wise. Yeah, Jordan, do you have anything to add? Not a whole lot, honestly. I kind of, I kind of leaned on S and P plus when and SMS is super high on Memphis. I know game day is going to be at this game. Is that correct? So it should be. I think that's right. So it should be a pretty good, uh, pretty good atmosphere in Memphis. Um, I'll lay the five and a half. I don't have a great feel for this game to be totally honest but um I'll, I'll lay the five and a half with the home team is game day really gonna be there they are aren't they they should be well like you got georgia and florida that's enticing and then like what a slap in the face to the pac-12 am i, got am I making this, washington am i making washington's up? down a bit and then oregon at usc granted usc's down a little bit but come on man 
That's disappointing. I think they might be. No, I think they're banking on this like SMU I, redemption tour. I, I, I don't know, but um, let me find out. I'm looking. Yeah, which is fun. Like, I mean, I want to watch this game. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just surprised. But mm-hmm. I, I don't watch much game day, so um, yeah. Let's let's go to this last one here. Oregon minus five oh. at USC, as we just mentioned. What was that, Matt? I said it. It, it is at Memphis. <laughs> Okay. This week. Yeah. I mean, it's a new place for them and they get to get some good barbecue. So <laughs> shoot, why not? But uh, <laughs> Oregon at USC. Matt, do you want to fight? Yes, always. What's happening here? Why are you picking USC? You're not picking USC to win this game, are you? I am. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> okay. Let's How many it. times do I have to continue to pick USC in their passing offense against teams <laughs> that have good defenses? I don't <laughs> care. USC, super talented. At home, catching points. I I do think it'll be a close game. I don't necessarily think they're going to win it. But I think this is a spot where if Oregon's going to trip up, this is a pretty decent spot for it. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Narrative speaking, like if we want to get into that, <laughs> well, Oregon always waits until the playoff think... doors open before they really shit the bed. So this is a great spot for them to come out flat. <laughs> no joke. But yeah, you, you're saying you think... Sorry, I mean, and it, it, even more than just narrative, it's a... USC is a very, very talented team. They recruit really well every single year. They have a lot of speed. I think there's a just an opportunity for a game that USC's offense comes out quick, starts scoring a lot of points, and Oregon is playing catch-up the whole game. Hmm. Okay. Jordan, what do you, how do you think this one goes? I think this is another situation where Oregon can run the ball. I, I know that USC's front seven has been vulnerable to the run, we saw what C.J. Verdell can do last week, over 250 yards, three touchdowns on the ground. Yes, we Oregon's, did. Oregon's offensive line is one of the best in the country. I think that this game could be relatively lower scoring maybe than people think. I agree with Matt. Uh, USC is super talented, uh, especially at the wide receiver position. But Oregon's defense is good. They, I, I think that the way that the way that Mario Cristobal wants to play, he has that SEC offensive line, former offensive line mentality. He wants to run the ball, play defense, and I think that that can play pretty well in this matchup. And it's Clay Helton, man. Right. You know, right. I, it's. I, I feel okay laying the five. I, I agree. It's probably going to be close, but I think that Oregon can do enough controlling in the trenches to probably win this by a touchdown. Yeah, I and I think uh, Troy Dye, the linebacker for Oregon, he's going to be back and he should be healthy for this game, which will make a, a huge impact. But yeah, like you mentioned, C.J. Verdell, he had over 300 uh, total yards. If you include his receptions, uh, he had over 50 receiving yards. So he he just dominated last week. And I do think they'll be able to to rely on the running game to, to get them in, in really good uh, really good spots. But yeah, um, I don't know if Verdell's going to average ten or twelve yards a carry again like he did last week. But I do think he'll he'll be able to uh, to lead Oregon not only to victory, but I think uh, at first I was a little, I thought it might be pretty close. But the more I thought about it, uh, most of my hesitations was just because I'm an Oregon fan and I and I do like to go down narrative street and thinking about them uh, disappointing me throughout the years. But if I was a neutral, uh, not uh, a disgruntled fan, I would be pretty confident that Oregon would be able to cover five points. So uh, I'm, I'm on Oregon on this one too. So yeah, let's. I will say if this game were at Autzen, I would definitely change my opinion about this. And you guys, you guys would fit in really well over at Autzen with your, with your beards <laughs> yes. and all that, your full grown beards. <laughs> Me, I'm clean shaven. I'm a, I'm a Coliseum kind of guy. And that's why I use Harry's razors. You know, human beings, we've been shaving for thousands of years. And you know what the secret is to a great shave? It hasn't changed much. The ancient Greeks, they didn't need flex balls, heated handles, and neither do you. And that's why Harry's doesn't overcharge you for these gimmicky features to their razors. They focus on delivering what really matters, sharp, durable blades at a fair price. I love Harry's because it gives me a close shave, easy glide at a low price. Do us a favor and check out harrys.com backslash blue wire for your free trial today. Harry's is the return to the essential. It's quality, durable blades at a fair price. It is just $2 per blade, so make sure you're going and getting that. It's super convenient. Blade refills come directly to your door at your own schedule, whether or not you get a subscription. And there's no risk in trying them out. And if you don't love your shave, let them know what you want, or let them know, and they'll give you a free refund. Listener to this show can redeem their Harry's free trial set at harrys.com backslash bluewire, and you'll get a weighted ergonomic handle handle for with a firm grip 
uh, five blade razor with a lubricating strip and a trimmer blade, a rich lathering shave drill with gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and is easy to grab on the go. Once again, go to harrys.com backslash blue wire to start shaving better today. There you go. That was, that was transitioned very nicely, <laughs> very nicely indeed. Uh, almost as nice as, as, uh, as Jordan's three and oh. I was shocked to see that you have four on the slate today, Jordan. So why don't you kick us off with your first lock of the week? Yeah. And this is terrible. I'm a glutton for punishment because to tell you the truth, I don't even feel that strong about this card. Um, <laughs> but we're going to roll with it anyways. I'm going to start on Baylor, big favorite at home, laying 17 and a half against West Virginia. Um, typically laying three plus scores inside of a conference matchup is usually not where I look, but I'm convinced that this West Virginia team is not very good. Uh, they rank 122nd or worse in line yards on both sides of the ball, offensive and defensive line. I can see them getting bullied on the inside by Baylor. Um, massive advantage in yards per play. Baylor ranks third in the country, averaging 7.2 yards per play. West Virginia ranks 106th, averaging 4.7 yards per play. Again, I know it's a big number, and in conference, that's typically kind of an avoid. But I think that this Baylor team is really good, really well-rounded and balanced on both sides of the ball. And I just I just don't see West Virginia hanging. I think Baylor can kind of pull away at the end. So I'll lay the 17 and a half here. That sounds good. I see you just added one to, to the show, Matt. Why don't, you, uh, why don't you get us going here? So I, I'll start off with the one I just added because this is uh, this is sort of me going back to my roots, which is some trash football. Uh, Liberty and UMass under 70 and a half. That's a lot of points for two really trash teams, like maybe two of the five worst teams in the country. Uh, Liberty's five and one on unders on the year, and S&P Plus has this game at 66. Uh, it's There's going to be quite a few points. It's probably going to be a sweat to the end, but 70 and a half is a lot of points. Um just bank on one of these two teams turning the ball over too many times to get enough points on the board. All right. Sounds good. Uh, sounds like a game I probably won't be watching, but it sounds, <laughs> you but sounds no one should watch this game. Yeah. Um, Other than highlights of Antonio Gandy Gold. Yeah. I, uh, my, my first one is, is an S and P plus play. It's uh, air force versus army, uh, over 45, um, the reason I chose this one is because <laughs> S&P Plus puts this one at 60.85 instead of that 45. So, you know, I'm getting like 15 plus points. So to me, that's just when I see a line, like when I see a number that different, like I, that's enough for me. I feel pretty confident. So give me Air Force versus Army over 45. I know that these games can get low scoring when you've got these service academies, but 45 seems real low. So go ahead and uh, lock that one up for me. Let's go back to you, Jordan. Okay, continuing my hatred for Northwestern, which I am well known for at this point. I'm fading them hard and I'm riding the Indiana train, which I kind of alluded to earlier. They are laying 11 and a half at home against Northwestern. And I know that this is kind of the spot for Pat Fitzgerald as an underdog. They've been really good against the number during his time there. But this is a different Northwestern team, man. If you haven't watched this offense, do not avoid. Um and like I said, Indiana might actually be good. They're ranked 18th and 56th in offensive and defensive efficiency, respectively, per ESPN. Um, Indiana beat Rutgers and UConn with two teams with similar offenses to Northwestern by a combined score of 73-3. to uh, Northwestern's defense, I will give them credit. They are the only thing keeping this team afloat. Um, but we did see uh, North, uh, Michigan State, a hapless Michigan State, uh, scored 31 points against them earlier in the season. I think that these are two teams. It's an old cliche, but two teams going in opposite directions. Um, I'm not exactly sure what Indiana's absolute ceiling is, but I think that they can. I think they cover this number, and I think they probably win by two touchdowns. So give me Indiana. I like it, Indiana, and I like going against Northwestern. That always seems to be like a, a good Fatal. choice, Matt. I desperately wanted to play the under on that one, and then it was at 43, and I just fell. I couldn't do it. Um, I'm going to go with uh, one that I alluded to earlier, uh, SMU Memphis. Number's now all the way up to 72, and I just kind of think that number's too high. Uh, Like I said, they're missing out on their top wide receiver, Reggie Roberson, potentially. I'm definitely going against trends. 
SMU seven and one on the over. Memphis is six and two on the over. But SMU has a pretty solid rush defense, averaging uh, only allowing 3.4 yards per carry, which should hold back uh, Memphis's best offensive weapon so far this year with Kenneth Gainwell. Both of these defenses are inside the top 50 in defensive SP, or S&P Plus, and S&P Plus has this total at 59.4. That gives me a lot of leeway if that metric is anywhere near close on how good these defenses are. Um, uh, I, I just feel like this... The way these two teams have performed this year, it's gone too far with the the total. Yeah, this 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 is. By the way, it's still rising. This sounds good. So maybe maybe wait until Saturday morning before you put put that bet in. I I think it's I've seen it almost I might have just seen a seventy two and a half go up. But yeah, I think there's a chance if you wait until Saturday, you might be able to get it as high as seventy three. Hey, buddy, that sounds like one that you just convinced me on. Like last week, this will be my my one money win <laughs> with all my losses that I'm guaranteed. Watch this game be forty two to forty. <laughs> right, uh, of course. Um, my next one. This is maybe cheating, uh, but speaking of waiting until Saturday, I'm going to wait and see. If Mr. Bachman, Bachmeyer, uh, Hank Bachmeyer, if he is starting at quarterback for Boise State, I will be putting uh, a little bit of money on the Boise State San Jose State game. The line is 17, so it's pretty, pretty big. Uh, but I think if he's playing, I, I'm, I feel pretty confident that they are highly superior over uh, San Jose. So I will definitely play that. I'm tempted to play it anyway. Um, and I might do so just in case the the line jumps if he does uh, get announced as healthy. Uh, so so you can leave it on my slate. I saw you're you're putting in the show doc to uh, and it only counts, Fine. but I'll, I'm going to play it anyway. I'm giving you an out. uh, no outs needed. Uh, but I do think he'll play, and I think that Boise State will roll. San Jose State has not been great this year, and Boise State uh, has been you know has been typical Boise State, winning a lot of games. They're six and one. Uh, they've looked really good this year. Their uh, one slip up was uh, two weeks ago against. BYU, which is definitely a tough game, uh, but they've had a week off, uh, a bye week to recover from that, and I think they'll be ready to go. So Boise State minus 17. Jordan, back to you. All right, well, let's keep this rolling. I'm going to go Virginia getting two and a half at North Carolina. I think this is a situational spot where we have a Virginia squad coming off a disappointing road loss to Louisville against a North Carolina team fresh off a close rivalry rivalry win against Duke. So a bit of a letdown potentially for North Carolina. Um, UVA's defense is still really good. They're allowing just 6.1 yards per attempt through the air, 3.4 yards per carry on the ground. Both of those rank inside the top 22 nationally. And I think that there is a distinct advantage for their defense in terms of sack rate, where they rank fourth in overall sack rate while North Carolina's offensive line ranks 112th nationally in preventing sacks. So I think there could be a havoc um, a havoc rate uh, aspect to this game. The one thing I will uh, preface this with is Bryce Perkins um, is not 100%. The, the, the latest that I read was he felt better than he anticipated feeling when he woke up the day after uh, last week's game, which I don't know exactly how to take that. Um, I think that they need him relatively healthy to win this game um, or to cover even. Um, so, I mean, it's a little bit contingent on that. If he, for some reason, were to be ruled out, I would take this completely off the board. Um, but if we do a quick uh, common opponent comparison, which can sometimes sometimes be misleading, but can sometimes be helpful. Um, both teams have played Duke at home in the last two weeks. Virginia won 48-14. North Carolina, like I said, squeaked by 2017. So I think there's reasons to like Virginia in this spot, getting two and a half. Yeah, I, I, I've i liked Virginia a few times this year. I think they're kind of underrated. I, I think this is a I think this is a good spot for them. I like I like that I like that pick. Let's see. You still got two, Matt. So why don't why don't you go give us a give, give us another one? So I'm going to jump into another sort of S&P Plus play um, and another one that's based on trends. Um, Central Michigan and Northern Illinois over 49 and a half. Right now, I only see it at the Westgate at that number. However, I think more than uh, places are going to come down to it. Uh, C- Central Michigan is 7-2 and two on overs this year. Um, and NIU, while they're only 4-4 uh, four and four on the year, all four of those games where they did go over, uh, did go over this total. Uh, S&P Plus has this game at 53. And I just think these are two pretty decent offenses and not great defenses. So I think this number goes probably in the mid-50s. Yeah, sounds good. Not quite as convincing as the under on the SMU Memphis, right. but uh, but I still like it. Hey, 
you're not going to convince me on all of them, but you do convince me on some of them, and that's and that's and that's good stuff. Uh, my last one here uh, was a tease earlier: the Utah at Washington. I'm actually on Utah side on the road. Um, I, I was feeling like just my gut intuition was to go with Washington, but as I was doing a little bit of research and looking into this game, I, I realized that that Peterson is only one, and for Peterson being the coach for the Huskies. Um, as a home underdog, since he's been in Washington, he is one and four against the spread. After a bye, which they had, he's only four and four. So even that isn't like a huge benefit. Meanwhile, Utah under under Whittingham is sixty five and fifty seven against the spread in conference, forty three and thirty seven on the road, sixty three and fifty nine as a favorite. And this this year, as a road favorite, they're two and one, uh, covering the spread by an average of ten point eight points. Utah's only loss this game was on a, a wacky Friday night against USC. Uh, those games are always crazy. So I almost kind of, uh, you know, put a little asterisk by that one. So I, I think Utah is really good. Um, I mean, Utah, Washington, these were my, my highest ranked teams coming, like going into the season. These are the two I thought would be playing for the PAC 12 championship. So I think they're both really good teams. Utah's only impressed me so much so far this year. They've looked really good. Washington has, uh, has had some really disappointing losses, uh, losing to Stanford for one. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not exactly sure which Washington team shows up. If if the Washington team shows up that uh, we all were hoping we would see and Jacob Eason is is the Jacob Eason that we think can, you know, what we thought could maybe be in the Heisman race, then and sure, Washington could win. But they are just too inconsistent for me. Uh, Utah, meanwhile, uh, their defense is solid. I think they'll be able to move the ball on the ground, much like Oregon did, much like Stanford did. And I think Utah wins this by, by five or six points. So Utah minus three at Washington. Jordan. What's your last game for us today? Yeah, I'll close it out with a totals play. Oklahoma State, TCU, under 60 and a half. Um, there's a lot of 59s, but if you look around, you can find a little bit higher totals. Um, I have four main points here. I think that it's a bit of a bad spot for TCU. It's a letdown look ahead after upsetting Texas last week, and they have Baylor next week on deck. Um, both defenses rank inside the top 33 in efficiency. Oklahoma State clearly wants to lean on the ground game with Chuba Hubbard, our boy, but TCU's run defense has been pretty legit so far, ranking, I think, fifth in uh, line yards per football outsider, so they've been really tough to run on. Um, and finally, five of the last seven meetings here have totaled 55 points or less. Sometimes those trends can be deceiving because there's obviously a ton of player turnover, and sometimes coaches change. But in this instance, um, the last seven meetings have been between Gary Patterson and Mike Gundy. So there's been continuity at the coaching position. Um, and like I said, five of the last seven have gone under 55. So I think this number, I think this total can stay under the 60 and a half. So that'll be my fourth play. Good. I, I like that one. It's one of those numbers that when you first look at it, you're like, oh, that feels, I, I kind of wish it was a little bit lower. But I mean, even a nice, you know, 28 to, to 30 gets you gets gets you there so uh it's actually not not as uh not as scary when you when you actually look at it you're going back to charlotte matt let's see let's see what you got for us here so charlotte middle tennessee state university over 65 uh for the year these two teams are combined 12 and 3 on overs on the year and they're both bottom 16 in s&p plus uh defensively uh because of that s&p plus has this game at 69 and a half points um, I just think it turns into a shootout and shootouts mean overs. I like it. Yeah. Charlotte was, uh, was the one that you uh, convinced me with last week. So uh, I, I, I like the overs on, on, on Charlotte. It sounds like a, a good winning strategy. So uh, there you have it. We've got uh, Matt's for our SMU Memphis under 72. We've got central Michigan, Northern Illinois over 49 and a half Charlotte, as you just said, over 65 not just them, but they might do it. Middle Tennessee, but they State. might do it all on their own. Um, and then Liberty against UMass at under seventy point five. Jordan's got Baylor minus seventeen and a half versus West Virginia. Indiana minus an eleven and a half versus Northwestern. Virginia plus two and a half at North Carolina. And Oklahoma State TCU under sixty and a half. I've got Utah minus three. Boise State minus seventeen. And the over in Air Force versus Army. Well, that's some spooky stuff right there. Getting us ready for Halloween. Uh, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be good, man. I'm excited. Uh, we're gonna have the podcast out and ready on a Thursday morning, so we get to enjoy all the slate of games, uh, including tomorrow night. 
It'll be good stuff. I am taking off for vacation this weekend. So uh, I'm traveling on Friday. So I will get to my destination in time to watch some football on Saturday, uh, which I may or may not do depending on uh, the fact that the beach will be right there. Uh, But I'll, I'll have it on my phone for sure. Our schedule next week with uh, releasing the podcast is uh, to be determined. We are going to try and get one out for you. We're just not exactly sure when, uh, depending on uh, schedules and stuff with me traveling. But we will work on getting something for you for sure. Matt, do you have any closing words for the uh, for the good listeners? Bet Charlotte overs. Bet Charlotte overs. I like it. Jordan? Nah, man. I'm, I'm happy for you. I hope you have a killer time uh, off the mainland and uh, yes. enjoy it, brother. Yes, I was I was trying to lead you guys into giving us your your Twitter handles and where we can find your your writing. <laughs> but, but those are good, those are also no, good. I think Charlotte Overs matters more. <laughs> That's true. I mean, if you if you want to find uh, me on Twitter, yeah. I'm jhoover9787, and uh, my article at Rotoviz is probably going to come out either tomorrow or Friday morning. You don't need to follow me on Twitter. I'm not that good to follow, but you can read my stuff at Rotoviz. Uh, I should have an article coming out on Thursday or Friday. He is at Wispy the Kid. You can follow him on Twitter. Uh, I'm at StayFunLaco. I'm also not a great follow unless you just like seeing me lose my mind over ridiculous um, fourth and short punts because uh, that is my major pet peeve, and I will I will smash the retweet button on anyone who agrees with me about. Uh, punting on fourth and short anyway uh we're excited for this upcoming week we're excited to talk to you guys next week uh we'll get into some debbie stuff of course our uh our short podcast that was supposed to be under an hour has just gone over an hour so <laughs> here we are if uh, if you're betting over unders on times of podcasts uh you always want to take the over on the road of his college football show uh until next week i'm stay on the code thank you matt and jordan we will talk to you guys all next week Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.